right. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, thank you, for team, for that worship. It was amazing. Uh, our offertory prayer this morning is from uh, St. Francis, and it goes like this. Uh, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, you can give by... Uh, Texting, there's a number on the screen you can text to give. You can also uh, download our app and, and give through the app or you can write checks and mail them to uh, our uh, post office box. And uh, we appreciate your faithfulness, the way that you have uh, remained consistent even in this um, unusual season uh, that's lasted longer, I think, than any of us expected that it would. I remember... Uh, we were actually on our way driving back from a network uh, pastor's retreat and the news had just started about COVID-19 hitting, hitting this U.S. and um, coming to Georgia and we thought, our, our thought at that point was, you know, we might not be able to have church this Sunday and uh, that was really about as far as it went and then here we are now. I don't even know. I've lost track of how many weeks it's been. Uh, but we, uh, we are making plans, and we had a great service on Thursday outside uh, where, we, where we gathered together. Those of you who were able to come, it was uh, just an amazing time. Great to be together uh, out on the lawn, and we'll do that again uh, this week. And uh, look forward to that. Uh, I think it's on Tuesday uh, I hope that's right. Um, but uh, you can uh, find, uh, should be able to find on our website a way to sign up for that uh, if that hasn't already happened. All right, so look forward to seeing you then. And we're, we're making plans for regathering, re coming back uh, and meeting in our building. And uh, I don't think it'll be too much longer. So thank you for your patience. Pray for us uh, as we uh, seek to hear the Lord on that and make plans and Put processes in place. Uh, a lot of other things going on in the world. Uh, we we talked last week about the uh, the unrest and, and the division uh, that's happening uh, in our country. Uh, I believe that there's a level of racial reconciliation that has to take place before racial justice can happen. Um, lasting change happens from hearts that are motivated by love. Uh, you can try to force justice through policies and protests, but 
the truth is many of the laws and policies that are needed are, are already in place, uh, but they're not carried out because there's no love behind their enforcement. And so uh, there's a heart shift that, that has to take place in order for permanent change uh, to come. And this, is, this kind of heart shift is a Holy Spirit thing. You know, if you read through uh, the book of Acts, you, one of the things that's, that's kind of startling is uh, to realize that, uh, that Peter, uh, Peter was a racist until God told him not to be. Uh, if you look at the story in Acts chapter 10, um, I'll just kind of walk through the story. Cornelius is a Gentile who loves God, and he's a person who prays every day, and he gives to the poor, and, and he's really seeking uh, to know this God. And he, he has a vision, and an angel comes and tells him to send for Peter. Uh, by the way, Peter was hanging out at the Tanner's house, just in case you were wondering. And uh, you can look that up. It's right there in Acts. And uh, so uh, Peter is praying, and he falls into a trance, and God tells him to eat food that would be considered unclean. And Peter's response is, surely not. And, uh, and then the Lord tells him, actually tells him three times, uh, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And uh, three men arrive uh, at the home where he's staying, and, and they say, you know, they've been sent uh, by Cornelius, and, and Peter believes the Lord is telling him to go with them, and so the Holy Spirit says, go, and Peter goes. And uh, the, next, the next morning, they get up and they go. Uh, Peter arrives at the home of Cornelius, and, and there's a crowd waiting. Cornelius has, has invited a crowd of people uh, in anticipation of, of Peter's arrival. And Peter stands up, and one of the first things that he says to this, this crowd of people is, you know it's against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile. Against our law. Uh, and then the interesting phrase that follows that, he says, but God. Uh, and really, for us, uh, that is the central phrase. It's the most powerful phrase. It's the phrase that we need to focus on and put our faith in and believe in uh, for change, but God. Uh, and so Peter says, but God has shown me that I should not call any man unclean. Uh, now let me just read to you then from uh, Acts chapter 10, what happens after that. Acts 10, beginning at verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts people from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Verse 39, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him 
by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. In verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So unity came in that situation uh, through an outpouring, an act of the Holy Spirit, through an encounter of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In chapter 11, Peter is actually criticized by Jewish believers for associating uh, with Gentiles. And then he tells the story. And and basically in, in chapter 11, verse 18, it says, when they heard this, when they heard the story, uh, as Peter explained it, they had no further objections and they praised God saying, God has granted even Gentiles repentance into life. And so God changed the way Peter thought and he changed the way Peter lived Now, we know as we read the rest of the story that that Peter didn't always perfectly walk out this change. There were times when he still fell back into fear and even old ways. And Paul called him into accountability and he repented and and, uh, regained his footing. But, But God changed the way Peter thought and it started with obedience. It started with obedience. God, the Holy Spirit says to Peter, go, and and Peter goes. He goes uh, with these men, and he goes to a place that he says uh, is a place that's not legal, it's not lawful uh, for him to be. So he starts with obeying, and then that move of God, that that change in Peter's heart, and that unity that is, is brought in that situation is accelerated by a Holy Spirit encounter and then by Peter's testimony to others. So what what was Peter doing? He was praying and uh, still today we must be uh, men and women of prayer. We must be people of prayer. We must first and foremost uh, cry out to the Lord uh, during these days and we must obey. Uh, We must seek the Lord's face, seek to hear his voice, and we must obey. Now, praying is not primarily the place that we ask God to change our circumstances. Prayer is first the place for asking God to change 
our hearts. And so uh, I, I would say that in, in our current uh, situation, that if you are only reading articles and books and watching videos that support what you already think and believe, you may need to ask God for a heart check. I know that, that's, and that's for me as well. Uh, we have to ask God to open our hearts to maybe hear things that we haven't heard and see things that we haven't seen. And that's, that's the only hope that we have for, for going forward. Now, that short phrase, again, in Acts 10, 28, is the key to Peter's story. Uh, and it's the key to our story, but God. And so I want to uh, turn today uh, to 1 Peter. Uh, and I want to read from uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. So this, this is uh, written by the same apostle that we just read about in, in Acts who has this this change in the way that he thinks. And so I want to kind of walk through um, 1 Peter 4, um, verses 1 through about 11. So let me read from that. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to him who is, already, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead so that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body but live according to God in regard to the spirit. Verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Verses 1 and 2, uh, Peter says that as believers, as followers of God, that we're, we're not to live the rest of our earthly life uh, for evil human desires, but rather uh, our goal is to live our lives for the will of God. As followers of Jesus, we don't live for what we want. We live rather for what God wants. We live for the will of God. Tony Evans put it this way, living a victorious life as a child of the king is not rocket science. 
God doesn't hide the path toward living out your destiny in some obscure location tucked away in some well-guarded vault in the Amazon. It boils down to seeking the will and ways of the king. God's call on our lives is not uh, to push for what we want, but it's to believe for what he wants, to live our lives according to the will of God. In verse 7, he says, as the end approaches, now keep in mind that Peter is speaking these words to a church that is under persecution and oppression. And he says, as the end approaches, be clear-minded, self-controlled, and prayerful. Be clear-minded. How are we clear-minded? The only way to be clear-minded is to focus on truth. And the only way to, to be focused on truth and to know the truth is to spend time in the Word of God. We probably in these days should spend more time in Scripture and less time staring at our phones. More time in Scripture and less time on social media. More time studying God's word and, and praying and asking the Holy Spirit to teach us all truth so that we can be clear-minded in these days, so that we know that our thinking and our actions line up with the kingdom of God. He also says to be self-controlled, and by that he means don't be carried away in a frenzy. We have to be self-controlled. We said last week, I said last week, there is a, there's definitely a place for anger in these days. There's a place for righteous anger. But righteous anger does not lead to sin. The Bible says be angry and don't sin. And when we allow ourselves to be carried away in a frenzy, uh, we, we lose our perspective and, and our anger turns into sin. So Paul, Peter is saying, be clear-minded, be self-controlled. Don't, don't be carried away in a frenzy. And then he says, so that we can be prayerful, always seeking the but God of the situation. In verse 8, he says, above all else, love one another deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Now, I want to say a couple of things. Actually, I want to read a couple of things about love. Luke chapter 6, verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you give to those you expect can give back, what credit is that to you? But love your enemies. Do good to them. Give to them without expecting anything back. Love is supposed to be the calling card, the identifying mark of those who follow Jesus. It starts with a love for God, uh, which when we truly uh, give ourselves to the Lord and fall in love with him, he then begins to love others through us. And so it starts with a love for God. And then, as Jesus said, it goes on to a love for neighbor. But then beyond that, even further, Jesus says, it even extends into a love 
for your enemies. And so when we say, above all else, love one another deeply, don't limit that to the people that are like you, the people that you like. God is calling us to be expressions and agents of love towards everyone, towards all of creation. Psalm 82 Verse three says, defend the cause of the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. Verse four says, rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. There is a love that is a part of the kingdom of God that that reaches beyond your circle. That reaches out especially and intentionally toward those that are hurting, towards those who uh, have been pushed to the fringes, for, toward those who are marginalized, towards those who do not have the resources and the opportunities that we have. In verse nine, he says, offer hospitality without grumbling, welcome others with joy. In his book, Rediscover Jesus, Matthew Kelly makes this statement. Every person, every person is as important and valuable as the person you consider most important and most valuable. Let me read that again. Every person is as important and valuable as the person you consider most important and most valuable. Because we are all created by God, for God. In verse 10, he says, use your gifts for others. Use your gifts for others. God didn't gift you for you. God didn't gift you for you. That's, that's why Apostle Paul says that tongues is one of the lesser gifts because tongues typically is to edify yourself. But the gifts God has gifted us with are for serving. Me first really has no place in the kingdom of God. God gives you gifts to serve others. Uh, and he says, if God has made you a teacher, it's so that you can speak the words of God and to help others to, to lift them up and to raise them up. If God has given you the gift of service, it's so that you can serve others. I think sometimes uh, in our culture, we, we tend to, I, I want to be able to use my gift. And, and the reason is because it feels good. It feels good to use the gift that God has given us. And that's really not the purpose of the gift. The purpose of the gifts that God has given you is not to make you feel good when you have a chance to use them. The purpose of the gifts that God has given you is to serve others, to give to others. In verses 12 and 13, he says, Peter says this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Austin mentioned your kingdom come and, and your will be done. And, you know, it's, uh, we, he and I probably should get together every week and talk about, I should tell him what I'm preaching on and he should be, so he can pick songs that fit 
Uh, we, we don't do that. One of the reasons that we don't do that is because it's kind of fun not to do it and then see how God orchestrates things uh, without any help from us. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. The kingdom of God comes according to the will of the Father. He uses his people to express his heart and his will to the world. When we fail to act according to kingdom principles, we perpetuate the kingdom of this world. We cannot advance the kingdom of God with principles and actions and beliefs that are not a part of that kingdom. We have to embrace the will of God and the way of God in order to advance the kingdom of God. Make, make no mistake, his kingdom will come. We pray for it. We pray, God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We, we sing the song today, we wanna see your kingdom and, and we should pray it. Jesus told us to pray that. We should pray it. We should sing it as a prayer. But, but make no mistake about this. His kingdom will come. And it will come with us for it. Or it will come with us against it. I, for one, want to be for it. I want to be for his kingdom. I want to be all in for his kingdom. And that means that every agenda that I have, no matter how good or kind it is in and of itself, every agenda that I have has to die so that I can take hold of his agenda, his plan to live my life according to the will of God, not according to the will of Tom, not even according to the will of Melissa, which I try to do a lot, but to live my life according to the will of God. Hebrews 12, 26 begins this way. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Only the kingdom of God will remain. When all is said and done, only the kingdom of God will remain. Make yourself a part of that kingdom. Give yourself fully to his will done his way so that we can be a part of that unshakable kingdom of God. Now let's pray. Lord, forgive us when we say nothing 
when we are silent, when we should speak. Also forgive us when we, we speak too quickly. Forgive us when we speak and say things that do not come from your heart. Forgive us for going ahead of you. Forgive us for lagging too far behind. Forgive us for not praying. Forgive us for only praying and never doing. We just want to be yours. We want to be yours. We want to be surrendered to you. We know that our only hope is but God. And so we pray, have your way in us and have your way through us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm gonna invite, uh, well, they're already here. They snuck up behind me. Austin and Alyssa will lead us for a moment and we'll have some time to pray uh, I just encourage you wherever you are just to pray and, and to continue to ask the Lord uh, to search your heart. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that every day, asking the Lord to search my heart, to show me my heart, to help me uh, be who, who he's called me to be. Uh, ask the Lord to search your heart. Uh, if there are things that, that you want to, uh, if you, that you need prayer for specifically, you want to text to the number on the screen, uh, there will be people that would, would love to pray with you, pray for you. Um, I, uh, I, don't, I don't want you to, to hear anything in my voice that's not there. I, I'm hopeful. I am. Uh, I've, at times, I fall into a moment of discouragement. But uh, overall, I'm hopeful because I, I believe uh, in the sovereignty of God. And I know that he is in charge. And I know uh, that there will come a day when everything else will be shaken away and only the kingdom of God will remain. And I, I plan to be a part of that. And so I'm hopeful. Uh, in the meantime... I want to take as many people with me as I can. And I, I can't do that in any way except His will done His way.